friends, and welcome back to the Asbury Deep Dive Podcast. I'm Melissa Ivey, and it's just so good to be with all of you today as we are going to reflect on Tom's sermon from Sunday. Um, as always, if you want to get text updates whenever we post new podcasts, we would love for you to do that. You can text at Asbury Dive, all one word, to 81010, and we'll just shoot you a text every time we have a new podcast up, and we'd love for you to join us in that way. And so we're going to be looking at Tom's sermon today. So it was another um, one in the series about um, shifts in people's lives. And so this one was the story of Samuel going to David's family and essentially picking David or God telling Samuel to pick David to become the next king, which is super awesome. So this story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And Tom spoke about this on Sunday. And so just to kind of catch up, see where we're coming from, go watch or go listen to Tom's sermon if you haven't already. Um, You can find that on asburytulsa.org just to um, watch that and then come here. So we're going to dive deeper into some of the application out of this. So in 1 Samuel 16, we see some really interesting things happening. And so specifically, we see three things. Out of verse 7, we see two of them, which is God telling us not to look at the outward appearance and God telling us that he judges by the heart. So that's all in verse 7. And then in verse 11, we see that the excuses for David you know, people not wanting David to be king is that he's young and a shepherd. And so these are kind of the three movements we're going to really dive into and the application we can pull out of these things for our own lives. And so to start, we're going to start by looking at verse seven, and I'm going to read that to you. So this is first Samuel 16, verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so, two really cool things, really cool statements are said here. First of all, that we should not look, you know, a call to not look at the outward appearance and that God looks at the heart. So, first of all, don't look at the outward appearance. You know, Tom on Sunday talked about social media a lot and screens and all of those things. And I think absolutely that is looking at the outward appearance, looking at the picture perfect moments in people's lives. And that can lead to some really damaging things within us. And then I think along with, you know, looking at that word appearance, we have comparison, right? And comparison has been around way before social media existed, way before the internet existed. I think the internet just makes it a lot easier for us to compare. And comparison is so dangerous. It damages our views of ourselves. It makes us think of people as enemies. It makes us go against people. It makes us wish ill on people because you're in competition for that thing or whatnot. And, you know, when you look at the outward appearance, you're going to be competing for things that ultimately aren't going to be what's important, right? And so, comparison is this this thing that is generated whenever we're looking and judging the world by the outward appearance. And so, you know, a part of that is we need the heavenly perspective, right? Because when we look at the outward appearance, you know, we don't know the full story. When you look at a human, you don't know their whole story. You don't know where they're at sometimes. You don't know where they've come from. You don't know. You know, when you look at a situation, you only have like that instant view, right? You don't see the whole thing. You don't know the whole um, story. Maybe you don't know where the person's coming from or this or that situation and whatnot. And sometimes we don't trust that people are looking out for us or this or that thing, right? We don't, we're kind of pigeonholed. I picture kind of a mountain. You're at the bottom of a mountain and you just see tons and tons and tons of rock just like right in front of you, right? And then that heavenly perspective puts you on top of the mountain. So you can see the whole mountain range. You see the whole story playing out, right? You see that that situation, you know, can lead to this or that or all of these beautiful things. And so I think that heavenly perspective is something that we need to put in to. And whenever you look at the outward appearance, you're not getting that heavenly perspective necessarily. And also, whenever we look at the outward appearance, we're looking at what we do, right? You're judging or you're perceiving by 
the actions that are happening, which we're told, you know, that's not how God looks at us because the good news is that God looks at the heart, right? And so, whenever we, you know, the fact that God looks at the heart or whenever we look at the heart of people, we're looking at who they are, right? Where we're making decisions or whatnot based on not what people are doing, but based on what based on who they are. And that's the same for us, not on what we're doing, but on who we are, right? And that's a beautiful distinction that God is making here um, of what He's looking for, what He's looking out. And, um, you know, we have this, you know, God looks at the heart, which is just a beautiful thing and a beautiful thing we need to follow an example of as well. And um, we have this idea of Christian perfection here too, of um, perfection. We think of, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to look this way. I need to look that way. I need to be perfect, right? I need to look perfect. I need to act perfect and all these things. And um, that's looking at the outward appearance, right? So, Christian perfection wouldn't be about any of those things, right? It's about looking at our heart and does your heart truly desire Christ? And such good news for us sinners because we're going to mess up. We're going to do things on the outward that aren't the best decision or aren't the best thing or aren't, or, you know, can be hurtful, all these things. But um, God's looking at our heart, you know, was it, you know, where, where is it coming from, right? How can you heal out of that? How can you grow out of that from the heart and not necessarily the actions and all these beautiful things, which can lead to some really cool things. And along with God looking at the heart is this relationship piece, Right, because if God could have, you know, God is the just judge, right? He is the fairest judge and he has every right to judge us based off of our actions, right? And that would be bad news for for everyone. Um, but the good news is that he judges us off of our heart. Did you truly desire Christ? Did you want to and long to work through your, your issues and work through them and become a better person and look more like Christ every day because your heart desires that first, right? Which is awesome. And this is just such good news for us that this is how God works. And I think when you look at the two of looking at the parents versus looking at the heart, it kind of helps us shape our own thoughts about others and our thoughts about ourselves. And has some really cool implications about how God interacts with us. Because I think, first of all, you know, this, this dynamic of you know, not looking at what people do, but looking at who they are. Like, this is something that shouldn't be new, right? This is New Testament. This is Jesus, right? This is what he says over and over again. And what I love about this is that we're deep in the Old Testament and Jesus is saying, God is saying the same thing, right? Things that are going to hold true in Christ. And I love when we look at the Old Testament, we pick out stories that make us realize that it was always leading to Jesus. It was always God trying to get us to where we are now. It was always this journey of Him wanting us to learn this lesson, right? And we see it a little more clearly with Christ. Here He is saying those same things then. And I just love that, you know, God is so consistent and it's beautiful to see. And a little refreshing to know that humans have struggled with that for a very, very long time. So, that's kind of nice to know as well. Um, Along with that, you know, I think it really expresses the need for God's guidance because we as humans rely so heavily on our eyesight and looking and perceiving and sensing and feeling and all of these things in this world, which is how we're designed to do it, right? We're supposed to do that way. We're given these things. We're given our eyes. We're given our, you know, the, you know, thinking and perceiving and all these beautiful things. But when we don't have God's heavenly perspective, we're going to do it based on appearance. We're going to do it based on action, based on those things, right? And we need God's heavenly perspective to tell us, hey, no, that's not the way things work with me, right? Look at their heart. Because when you look at your own heart, you know, if you're, you know, judging yourself of appearances or comparing yourself to people or beating yourself up for all these things and um, Christ wants to tear that down and just look at your heart and say, no, 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 just pursue me. That's where I want you. And then whenever we look at other people, if you're looking at them and looking at their outward appearances and comparing or judging or anything about them, you know, that's not having 
Christ's eyes are doing as God told us, right? He says, look at their hearts. And so, when you look at any human's heart, you're going to see that, you know, either they have not yet known God and you can help them learn about God and learn to know Him and all those things, or you know, or you see that they do know God and you can help them grow closer to Him or strip away more things that keep them from Him and all these really beautiful things when you look at the heart. And that just changes the way we see people and the way we interact with people, which is just so cool and such a good reminder and a call to Christians to say, hey, don't look at that appearance, right? That's where the Pharisees were at. The Pharisees just looked at the appearance, right? What do you do versus what did Jesus do? He looked at people's heart and he called on that and he asked them to step into that. And I think both of these dynamics of don't look at appearance, but look at the heart and that God doesn't judge by appearance, but God judges by the heart is such good news for us because I think all of us desire to play a significant role in this world, right? We want to play a part. We want to um, be somebody. We want to do something significant. We want to um, accomplish something, right? We want to be a part of something significant, right? Where is our significance? All these really cool things. And um, that leads us to this this David character, right? This story that we see David in that, that verse 11, um, because David had two strikes against him within that culture, right? So, Tom expressed how being a shepherd at that time was looked down upon. It was um, you were just by yourself, you were just with the sheep, yada, yada. And while I will always love sheep and shepherds, um, and that culture was not looked great upon. And he was also the youngest brother, which was a strike for sure, because he was the youngest, like he was going to get nothing. He was going to be a worker his whole life, all these things. Um, so, in that culture, there was those two strikes against him. And I think for us, or I know for us today, there's so many strikes that can be against you. So many. You can get strikes from the church, it feels like. You can get strikes from your family, it feels like. You can get strikes from the culture, it feels like, of like, oh, because you're this way, you're counted out. Or because you did this, you're counted out, you know? And I don't know, I could talk for a long time giving examples of these, of um, you counting yourself out, of you feeling like other people are counting you out, or you counting other people out for this or that reason, right? And I think that as we see in David, and because God judges the heart and not the appearance— these perceived weaknesses or these perceived issues within ourselves are actually our greatest strengths, which is awesome and super cool. And so, with David, you know, he was super humble and um, that was because he was a shepherd. He lived humbly. He experienced that, right? And God worked with him through that, right? We know God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble, right? We're told that all the time. And um, I think that humility really helped him. And a part of that, you know, he's had so much time with God. So, we have the writing of the Psalms and we see this raw emotion that Daniel had and expressed, or not Daniel, David had and expressed to God, right? And so, it's this really awesome thing. And I would have loved to see or talk to David about how he feels or thinks or interacts with God because well, so wonderful. And I know very few Christians today who have this raw emotion with God and, and interact with Him in this way that we say David doing. And he developed that as a shepherd. He developed that when he was the youngest and he was doing nothing with his time except tending the sheep, which everyone was like, that's a waste of time. Like, thanks for the wool. Whereas really what was happening is he was building such foundations for the rest of his career and his life, which is beautiful. And um, on top of that, as he was tending the sheep, he would have had to fight off things that were wanting the sheep. And so, I, I'm I'm sure various creatures, but I picture like giant wolves and lions and a giant bear, right? Fighting them off. And so, David would have had to step up to the plate to defend helpless things and fight off something that could easily kill him, easily, easily kill him. And so, he had to practice these things and knowing, you know, I'm sure in the first time it happened, he was terrified and then got a little more confidence and got a little more, okay, I'm not too scared. Like I can do this and working through that. And as he faces things throughout the rest of his life, I'm sure he was still scared, but because 
He was so faithful in those little things, and he was so faithful in learning how to protect these helpless sheep. God built within him faithfulness and and courage and strength and all these beautiful things. And so often when we want to learn something or we need something to move forward in our life, God doesn't just give it to us. He gives us the chance to grow it, right? And David... David was so faithful in these small things and in that time in his life, you know, you might think he was just tending sheep, but he was faithful to God and trusting God in that. And through that, I think that's where he drew his strength to face Goliath, where he drew his strength to lead the armies, where he, you know, drew his strength to be king and to follow God and do what God wanted at the time God wanted as well. You know, we see that as David and Saul have their issues and all these things like David trusts God because he had done it so often in small ways in practice and all these really cool things. And you know, this this time in David's life when he was just a shepherd or just a young kid, which, I mean, what a terrible phrase. Oh, you're just a this or that. And once again, that's where we see the strikes against us. Um, but that's where his legacy starts, right? If David didn't have that time, would he have been the great king that he truly was? Or would he have been passed over like his brothers were because they didn't have that time with God? And so, what's I think what really highlights this or what I'm saying is that, you know, as we see in 2 Corinthians 12, when God says, My grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness, right? These strikes against us, these weaknesses, God doesn't see that way because God doesn't judge by the appearance. God doesn't judge by the status or this or that. He judges by the heart, which is so cool and such good news for us because that means we have a part to play and you can't count yourself out, right? Um, if it's just by appearance, very few people will be able to do something significant because um, that the, the talent and the raw, you know, this and you have to have that and all the qualifications it takes for it. But because God judges by the heart, every single person can have a kingdom lasting impact, which is super cool and super awesome. And I'm so thankful for God that that's how his um, kingdom works. And, you know, this is also why heavenly perspective is so important. Right, because whenever you feel those strikes against you, you can remember, no, like I'm either in the midst of doing something awesome or I'm being built up to then go do something awesome. And I mean, we're all at some point in our journey. And the fact is, there's more, there's always more, there's always more God is going to do through you, always more He's going to build in you and teach you and grow you and all these beautiful things. And so, it's just super awesome. And this heavenly perspective, it gives us the lens to see ourselves clearly. So, we can see ourselves how God truly desires us to, and we don't count ourselves out. And it gives us the lens to see other people more clearly, right? When we look at them by their heart, not by their appearance. Um, and it gives us hope of what's coming, right? This heavenly perspective of remembering that in the end, God wins is so important because when you're at that bottom of the mountain and nothing seems possible and everything seems insurmountable, it's important to put your perspective at the top of the mountain and say, oh no, then over there, there's an end to this mountain range. There's an end to the suffering, to everything. Christ wins. We can get there. It's okay. Um, it gives us confidence in who God is. You know, this reminder that of what Jesus is going to do more fully. God said way from the beginning, right? That God who has every right to judge us by our actions chooses our hearts is just so beautiful, right? And I, I trust that God so much more because He is going to give you the, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt. He's going to be on your side. He's going to fight for you. He's going to be with you and not just say, oh, you did one wrong thing. Bye. Right. We don't want that God. That's not a God to serve. And so, when we trust God's character in that, He longs to work with us and walk with us and shape us and all these beautiful things. It's it's much easier to trust His character because He's proven true that that's what He wants. And He's done that from the beginning, which is so awesome. And um, we have confidence in that. And then we have this peace that comes along with trusting Him as well. This peace of 
he's got my back, right? Just because I messed up this once doesn't mean he wants to stop talking to me, which I think we do a lot when we judge ourselves by appearance. We mess up here and there and we're like, oh, God must be done with me because I did this thing. And God's sitting there saying, but you are my kid. Like, I, I, that doesn't matter. Like, come back, talk to me. We can work through this. We can walk past this. We can build off of this and all those really cool things. And so, I think these statements are really key and really important, right? That don't judge yourself or others based off of appearance. Don't judge the world situations or the things happening in the moment based off of just what you see in that moment, right? Because there's that heavenly perspective and that God judges the heart, right? He looks at the heart of man. And so, we need to remember that with our own relationship with Him. And we need to remember that as we look at the people around us, for sure. And wow, the world will look different if that's how we Christ followers actually thought and actually lived. And lastly, that those strikes against you are are the power that God can make perfect, right? That we are sufficient because God. it's about God anyway. And um, whatever the world thinks, it doesn't matter because our God's bigger, Right, and that means He's going to use us and help us um, live into that significance that we so desire in His kingdom, which is has eternal weight. Right, all those beautiful, beautiful things. And so, I hope that this helps you kind of apply this um, these things that God is saying to Samuel so long ago into your own life as well. Of um, maybe it's a reality check of I have been judging by appearance, and I need to get that straight. Or, or you're living too much into the strikes against you, and you need to say, "But God." right? All these beautiful things. I don't know. I hope that um, God just continues to grow you and lead you to that. And so, um, let me just pray that over you guys in conclusion today. So, Jesus, we just thank you so much for your beautiful words and your beautiful heart. God, I'm so excited to see things that we know to hold true in Christ way back when from, from the outstarts, Father, that was your desire for us. And that is just so beautiful to see God you're just so good, and I pray that you walk within each of us, shaping us, building us up to be who you want us to be, Father. I pray that you adjust our lens, that wherever we're judging by appearance, you would call us out on that and help us see that, Father, and you would give us your grace in that, and you would train us so that we would look at the heart, Father. Um, Jesus, you are just so good, and we just ask that you continue to teach us and walk with us, Lord, and we love you. In your son's holy name, amen.